raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, September 18th. It is seven minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. That's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey. You can find me on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317 And we're both on YouTube right now, kind of. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar, how's the camera? look are we good i love it how we come in on monday and i don't know why the camera's pointing at the ceiling uh but uh hopefully now it's uh, pointing directly to both of us the different approach that casey and i take in regards to the youtube is just it is everything about men and women in one little event so if you go to youtube right now you will see that Casey is very distraught because she does not have the perfect, like, box. Bo- what do they call that? In- Framed. Frame. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Casey obsesses over how's the lighting. Casey obsesses like, <laughs> is, is the is my cleavage showing perfectly? Sure. Uh, is my shoulder available to the men folk? Mm-hmm. And so Casey, I mean, just stresses out about the YouTube <laughs> on a daily so basis. And every time we go to a break, she's like, Kevin, are the cameras off? Uh, that is so not that, even That's true. actually true. Kevin, she I, does ask Kevin that are the cameras Like, no, don't, don't say this is true. The I first asked if the cameras do, are off in case I got to blow my nose or something. I don't want to do The thing we do when we go to break, I mean, it is not, it's Kendall and Casey show 93 WIBC. Kevin, are the cameras off? I'm surprised <laughs> it doesn't actually go out over the air. So Casey obsesses just, I mean, just <laughs> hours upon hours about the YouTube true. feed. Me, the the only thing I am concerned about is is, the, is that if my uh, my governor is an idiot sign is properly uh, displayed in the background for everyone to see. That's all that I worry about. And so. you're you're on point this morning. It is nicely displayed. Okay, so we've got a lot of stuff coming up to talk about. The new Axe the Tax ad from Suzanne Crouch. There's a new public divorce that we're going to get to. But let's start off with Donald Trump. He was on the Meet the Press program with the new moderator. I'm kind of bummed about this because I can't say Chuck Todd anymore. Now it's Kristen Welker. Oh. They talked for more than an hour. He was at his Bedminster, New Jersey estate. Why would he do this, Casey? Because he's Donald Trump and he likes the attention. He likes to be on camera. We have had this conversation so many times. Donald Trump trying to, Donald Trump should never do interviews. There are certain people who do certain things well, and there are certain people who do an interview, and even if you know they're lying right to your face, you walk away and go, wow, that person's really good at doing interviews. Donald Trump is not that. Donald Trump is phenomenal at getting up on a stage in front of a large group of people where he can go unchallenged, and that is the the environment in which Donald Trump sells ice to Eskimos, and you go, if you were an Eskimo, I really need this block of ice. Mm-hmm. Like I Watch those rallies. We've talked about this many times, and you say, this guy is a level of entertainer, I mean, that is on par with the Taylor Swift and the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. He stinks at doing interviews. <laughs> he stinks at doing these interviews, and he keeps doing them, Casey. Why? Well, you've interviewed him before. Is it hard to keep him on track? Because I felt like Kristen Welker kept having to redirect him back to the question at hand. Casey, Donald Trump and I were not doing an interview together. Now, he did, of course, as you know, call me a great dream Mm -hmm. and say he wished every interview could be just like this and that I knew what was going on. I was not a guy in search of some sort of groundbreaking revelation during the interview. 
I was selected to do the interview because they said, Rob really likes Trump. Okay. Uh, I mean, this, this, these are two different animals here. You were a fan. Donald Trump goes on these na- mainstream network broadcast television shows, and it never ends well for him. It never ends well. And there's not a single solitary vote he was going to win in a Republican primary, which he's engaged in right now by doing this interview. And yet he keeps doing them. Okay, so they talked about a lot of different things. His legal issues, January 6th, and of course, abortion came up as well. But here he is, yeah, here he is discussing Joe Biden's lying. Could I say one thing? Look at all the lies he's told over the last couple of weeks. He said he was at the World Trade Center, and he wasn't. He said he flew airplanes, right? He didn't. He said he drove trucks, and he didn't. Everything he says is like a lie. It's terrible. Mr. President, I Even wanna, his handicapping golf, he said stay, he's a six. He's not a six. I want to stay focused on you okay. for the purposes of this interview, okay? Because it's important that we hear from you about all of this. Tell well, me I'd what, like you to, but you keep me. interrupting me. <laughs> My favorite part, Kev. I don't know if we can Is isolate it the this. Snort? Uh, no, it's it's where. Okay, so he. So, okay, okay, number one, the world is falling apart around us, and Trump is focused on Biden's golf, golf game. game. Yes, okay. why is he obsessed with because that? Because that's the that's the way he operates. He gets on something, and he can't do it. It's like me with the swimming pool in Brownsburg, mm-hmm. okay? You know how I get, Casey. Yep. The difference is that's terrible public policy that will actually har- harm people's pocketbooks, and that's why I'm against it. He is the same way, but with stupid stuff that doesn't matter. Like somebody, everybody lies about their golf score, Casey. <laughs> I work at a golf course. Everybody fibs. That's why the pen have erasers. I think he is so offended by that because he also plays golf. Yes, but it's about him. Perfect. Yes, mm-hmm. boom. It is about him, and he must be a better golfer than Biden. My favorite part, though, Kev, I don't know if we can isolate this. This is like five or seven seconds into the interview where she goes, something to the effect of, I'm going to keep you keep you back on track, and he just goes, okay. Like, just start from five seconds in, Kev. He said he flew airplanes, right? He didn't. He said he drove trucks, and he didn't. Everything he says is like a lie. It's terrible. Mr. President, I'm Even his handicap in golf, he said stay, he's a six. He's not a six. I want to stay focused on you okay. for the purposes of this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, he's, this is why he doesn't do well in interviews, because he doesn't do well when somebody is there to punch back against him. Well, he's definitely blurring the lines between his legal effort and his political effort, because he He's been using that to his advantage. Here he is talking about getting retribution. Talk about retribution. Are you talking about directing your attorney general to try to go after your political enemy? When I talk about retribution, I'm talking about fairness. We have to treat people fairly. These people on January 6th, they went, some of them never even went into the building and they're being given sentences of, you know, many years. Are you going to pardon And nothing those is happening. Well, I'm going to look at them, and I certainly might if I think it's appropriate. Uh, no, it's a very, very sad thing. And it's, they're dividing the country so badly, and it's very dangerous. Well, Mr. President, we're going to delve into that a little bit later on. But I want to stay on this idea of what you mean by retribution. Are you looking to appoint an attorney general who will prosecute the people you tell them to prosecute? I'm looking to appoint an attorney general who's going to be tough on crime and fair. He's looking to appoint an attorney general who will clear him okay. of everything. This uh, this again, this is why this is frustrating to me, because Trump... Ha- 
it is the equivalent of Ke- Kev is a single good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. And Kev went out, and we'll talk about that later. Kev has had an eye-opening, life-altering experience over the weekend, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Kev, it was, it was as if when Kev went out with his friends on Friday night, somebody told Kevin, Kev, you are going to meet the most amazing, gorgeous, total 10 woman in the world. And here are the three things that she is super into. And as long as you stay on these three topics, and here is exactly what you have to say to her, your life, my friend, will be, the streets will be paved in gold with the most beautiful, amazing, perfect woman that ever lived. However, here's the three things you can't talk to her about, okay? So it it doesn't matter your income, it doesn't matter your appearance, as long as you just talk to her about these three things and you stay away from these three things, you are going to be in like Flint, my friend, absolutely. And Kev would go out and just immediately start talking about the three things (laughs) that he's not supposed to talk about. And this is what Trump does. You know what people want to hear about? How much the economy sucks Mm -hmm. and how you're going to fix it. How much inflation sucks and how you're going to fix it. How much the border sucks and how you're going to fix it. And Trump has the answers to all of those things. And yet he keeps talking about this stuff that people are totally turned off by. He keeps talking about Biden's golf game. Well, it's always a carnival-like atmosphere with this. This guy, right? And that's going to work with some people, but eventually independents are going to be done with that. And he needs those independents to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. And I'm, you know why I love our YouTube chat? And you can actually see this for yourself if you go over there now. People point out as I'm rolling, sometimes you'll make a mistake. And I think I said Flint instead of Flynn. So mm-hmm. very quickly, I just love the YouTube chat. <laughs> Two seconds later, oh, Rob, you made a mistake there. <laughs> that's why I love you guys. You're the best. And you can tell me how many mistakes I'm making too if you head over to YouTube and put Kendall and Casey in your search browser. All right, one last thing. Donald Trump says that he will serve one more term and that's it. Is there any scenario by which, because Ron DeSantis says if he were elected, he'd have two terms and you'd only have one more term. Is there any scenario by which you would seek a third term in office? No, just saying that when DeSantis says that, that means he's not your man. He's not your man anyway because he's a very untalented guy and he's proven that. He started out, everybody was talking to him. After I worked him over a little bit, he's gone down the tubes. I I think he's going to end up being number three or four. He just had a poll today. He was number four. And by the way, the one that was number two was 59 points behind. So, you know, it's very interesting. But when somebody says eight years, we need eight years, no. In six months to a year, many of the problems, almost all of the problems that you and I have just spoken about will be solved. Anybody that says they need eight years, you don't want that person. Okay, so he's uh, going back to Iowa. He's been there seven times. He's going to go back again. He's got three more visits to Iowa. He's really trying to uh, build on what he's got going on there. He's embarking on a Team Trump caucus commitment, and he'll be there in Iowa later this week. Six months, Casey. Yeah. All the world's problems could be solved in six months. six months. What a deal! That's good to know. Sign me up for that! (laughs) It's good to know. It takes a lot of people a lot longer than that. 17 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Twenty-two minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett's wife, Stephanie Hogsett, has filed for divorce. The online court records indicate that she filed a petition for divorce in Johnson County on September 8th, and the uh, hearing for the proceedings is set for October 19th. You know what I care about, Casey? What's that? Where was Joe Hogsett during the riots? Mm. And if his wife knows where he was during the riots, please, by all means... Tell us. Yeah. You think maybe she'd like to come on the show and have uh, a Oprah-style she interview? She has a standing invitation to <laughs> tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this divorce is going to be settled like that, you right? You think so? Uh, come on. I mean, there's no way he wants whatever coming on. I guess after he gets reelected, then I guess it probably doesn't matter. But where was the mayor of the city of Indianapolis during the riots in which the city, the downtown area was burned, looted, rioted people died we do not know where the mayor was now i thought this quote was interesting and um there's just such a disconnect with these politicians and reality so here is hogsett's quote according to um wish tv Like so many families in in Indianapolis, the last few years have been trying in ways that neither of us could have imagined. And the demands of life in public service have been felt not only by Steph and me, that's his wife, but every member of our family. Okay, so two things out of this. Number one, you made a lot of it trying. You locked the city down. You did the mask mandates. You lined up with the lunatic maniac protesters who burned this place to the ground. You, by default, that nobody knows where you were and weren't calling the shots, allowed those people to siege the city. The city was under control, Casey, until your people let them take it. I was here, Casey. I saw it happening. Okay, that's number one. You don't get any, oh, it's been such a terrible trying time the past three or four years. You did it. Number one. Number two, he is admitting essentially, Casey, and Tony Katz, it's rare Tony and I have the same take on something. And when that happens, I say, oh my gosh, this really must be the way it is. You are admitting by the fact that you are allowing this to happen, but you are continuing to run for re-election, that staying in public office and the power that comes with it is more important to you than your family. Yeah. I mean, he's saying it right here because you are still running. You are still going again. And Abdul uh, has talked about this before, and I'm sure there'll probably be something that comes out on this in the cheat sheet. There's a lot of people who have claimed his wife wanted absolutely nothing to do with him running for a third term and he chose to do it that's fine that's his right as an american but it really says something when you essentially admit it in your statement that being in public office is more important to you than anything else well the one thing i can say about this is that she has the opportunity to divorce him if he want, wins re-election the people of indianapolis cannot divorce him we're stuck with him it's interesting you you say that because coming up next hour during voicemails, 
we got a call from someone who works in public safety in the city of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And it is a phone call you will absolutely have to stick around for because they laid out just just what it is like to have to work under and around Joe Hogsett and work in a city that he runs. And I thought that was it was fascinating. And you're right, Casey. We don't have the ability to break up with Joe Hogsett. We as a collective are stuck with Joe Hogsett. And uh, look, people's private lives are their private lives. However, in this case, Joe Hogsett's private life actually is part of the public discussion because no one knows where he was during the riots. And if she can shine some light on that, Mm -hmm. then by all means. No one knows where the mayor of the city of Indianapolis was as the city burned to the ground. I think the divorce rate is somewhere around 50%. Now, does this play into how voters would consider voting? No, it should. Look, it it shouldn't. That's between him and his wife. Those things are, you know, it's it does it doesn't matter they're consenting adults they made a consenting adult decision however again when your private life and allegations about your private life which he has yet to refute he has yet to provide evidence to the contrary of what the now very prolific rumors are about where he was during the riots when that impedes your ability to do your job your private life is your private life your public life is your public life but when your private life impede your ability to do your job and by impede your ability to do your job i mean your downtown is getting destroyed and people are dying then that to me all becomes fair game because you work for us he did say the last few years have been trying in ways that neither of us could have imagined yes trying for everyone yes in indianapolis (laughs) 28 after 9 it's kendall and casey it's 93 wibc It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob, you can wear whatever you want to work. Thank you. Pretty much. Yes. Right? That's why I chose radio. Yeah. Uh, And now you can kind of wear whatever you want if you're a senator. (laughs) According to Chuck Schumer, he directed the Senate sergeant to uh, no longer enforce the chamber's informal dress code. So they can do whatever they want. He came out and said, senators are able to choose what they want to wear on the Senate floor. I will continue to wear a suit. But this is for John Fetterman, right? Uh, Totally. I mean, and this is, um, you know, when we see the eroding of our institutions and when you think about, well, you know, Mr. Fuddy Duddy over here, the United States Senate was once deemed and universally respected as the greatest deliberative body in the world. And this obviously taken from the the Roman times and the Roman Empire and where the Senate was, you know, was very powerful. And that's why our system of government is is set up that way. And you say, look, if you want to be a guy who wears sweatpants and uh, a cardigan that your mother bought you for the fifth day in a row without washing it, go be on the radio. (laughs) If you want to be a U.S. senator, you wear a freaking suit and tie because you represent while you are elected by the people of your state. You vote and represent the or impact 330 million Americans. And part of that means a certain level of decorum and respect for this nation and the people of this nation, which means you put on a freaking suit and tie and you go to work. I mean, we just keep seeing the eroding of the institutions and the excusing of the institutions. And it is this is why the country's in in the shape it's in and it's not just because well he you know because he isn't wearing a suit and tie it is respect for tradition it is respect 
for the people. It is respect for this country. It is a respect for the office. And many of these people in elected office don't have any of it. I was just, you 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 hit the nail right on the head there because I was just writing in my notes, lack of respect. Now, there's, this is different. This isn't you running out to Walmart or Meyer right. at 10 o'clock on a Friday night in your jammy pants. This is the United States Senate. And of course- John Fetterman wearing gym shorts and hoodies. But is he trying to say, well, I am representing my constituents. This is how they dress. I'm one of them. No, that, that that's bullcrap. He's doing this because he's lazy and a slug and a bum. Casey, when I was in a local elected office, which is nowhere near the importance or reverence of the U.S. Senate, at almost every meeting I wore a suit and tie. If I didn't, very on occasion, I would wear a uh, like a polo, a very nice polo golf shirt and and slacks and, uh, you know, with a belt and, sho- you know, corresponding shoes, etc. cetera. Uh, if, I mean, it's, it's a respect for the community. It's a respect in this case for the by this guy for the state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And these people have none of it. And this goes back to the theme we've told you for years on this show, which is these people do not like you. They do not care about you. And. Certainly, they do not respect you. You're supposed to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So by that account, what is the job that John Fetterman wants with his gym shorts and his hoodies? Okay, we've got to let's just put this out there because you are the voice of reason on this show. And we all know that I'm a radical right wing. Sure. You know, whatever the Q, what do they call me? QAnon or whatever. Um, Fetterman looks different, doesn't he? He does a little. I mean, he looks, yeah. and I'm not just talking about like he has a mustache and before he had a goatee. People are commenting that the face, his his head changed shapes, and there's been certain pictures of him without tattoos where there used to be tattoos. Yeah, and I'm just saying like, and I want to take away all of that because Photoshop can whatever. Mm-hmm. I, and I've seen this guy on the news, so I'm not saying like, here's a still photo of Fetterman and look, he has a freckle here and no freckle there. He physically looks like a different human than what you saw even eight or nine months ago when he was debating Dr. Oz mm-hmm. on stage. Like, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, he just looks like a different human being to me. I'm not saying he is a different human. I'm saying he looks, physically looks different than he did when he was running for U.S. Senate. Well, he's been through a major medical episode, so that will change your body. Medications can do that as well. Diet, lifestyle, all of those things can affect the way you look. Okay. I just I just want to make sure that I was not living in some fantasy world because I know you are, like I said, the voice of reason here. When I said he looks like a different person, you would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, very I think good. So. I Thank think you. so as well. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Kevin McCarthy. He launched that impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And uh, these are over allegations related to Hunter's business dealings. And uh, Large Marge, she was sitting down with Maria Barta. Help me out here. Bartoloma. Bar- Bartoromo. Bartoloma. No, there's That's no- what we've been calling her for years, Casey. <laughs> there's no That's L just in so there. much easier. Yes, I know. I'm just, being, I'm just being funny with you. And uh, she's talking about that they're going to start subpoena- subpoenaing the Biden family members. Are we going to see a subpoena of Biden family members? I will say yes, eventually. But we're going to have all of the information in front of us right. beforehand. And we here's something else. But what though. if you don't get it? 
Well, let me tell you who else we need to have. We need to have every single federal bureaucrat that covered up Joe Biden's crimes for all these years. This isn't anything new because those are the people that we have to fire. And those are the people that under a Republican held White House under President Trump, the Department of Justice needs to prosecute. So McCarthy said that he wanted more evidence before calling the president's son in to testify before Congress. And he said that that they've got bank statements, but they need more. What more are they looking for? Uh, That is a phenomenal question, Casey. I mean, you literally had the two IRS agents get up in front of the entire world and tell you in intricate detail the schemes and scams that Hunter Biden was running. And you have had, when you couple those people's testimony with the former business partner, and then you've got the Bobolinsky guy, and you have the laptop and everything that came up, like what What else? What are, we, what are we looking for here? What is this smoking gun that doesn't exist that we think already exists? By the way, Casey, um, that's my new thing I'm gonna do. And I tried it, and you caught it, which was very good. Anytime you ask how to pronounce someone's name, I'm going to get it wrong and see how long you'll go with it. <laughs> how long I'll go with yes. it? Okay. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she went on and she said that uh, Biden lies, he's corrupt, and that he has changed U.S. policy based on being corrupt. What we've been trying to identify, Congresswoman, we've been trying to identify what specific policy changes did Joe Biden make or was Joe Biden behind to, uh, to uh, you know, understand why he was paid and his family was paid these 20 plus million dollars, although Nancy Mace told me it's up to 50 million dollars. Well, Maria, you're absolutely right. Well, we know policy changes were made. Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States, withheld one billion dollars in USA to Ukraine to get the Ukrainian prosecutor Victor Shok and fired. And then I would argue that we're in a war in Ukraine with in a proxy war with Russia today. Why? Because the Bidens are on the hook. He couldn't say no to Zelensky and he still can't say no to Zelensky. These are the types of dangerous policy decisions that this this leader has made and he's lied about them. He lied about 9-11 just last week. And if he lies about that, he will lie about anything. She just said that we're sending all of this money to Ukraine because Joe Biden. Yes. And his lies. Yes, that's And they have it over him. It's like blackmail. Hi, welcome to the party, pal. That's what she just said. Get get ready, pal. Okay, so uh they have to find out did he change, you know, all of this policy based on that? Well, he admitted he did it. He's on tape, Casey. He's on video. There's no way you could be Well, that's been doctored. He was in a public meeting and told the story about how he got the prosecutor axed and everybody knows he did it. It's not like he didn't say it himself. There's This is why when they keep going, we need more documents, we need more. He's on tape admitting he did it. And we played that audio of uh, Shokin, mm-hmm. the prosecutor, on Fox News going in intricate detail about what actually happened of what Joe Biden admitted to. Just bring him in. Just bring Shokin in and go, Hey, what happened? And then play the clip of Biden saying what he did. We're done here. So when is Kevin McCarthy going to send out these subpoenas? They, they're not giving a date. They're not saying when it's going to happen. And by the way, uh, Kevin McCarthy now outwardly saying that Trump is stronger and that he'll be the nominee. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, Suzanne Crouch has a new ad out, and mm-hmm. she is uh, she is all in mm-hmm. on axing the tax. And finally, Casey, yeah. she has come up with a way to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what you think. (laughs) Okay, it's coming up next from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma. 
who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's in front of 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Suzanne Crouch used her first campaign ad not to introduce herself, but to sell her now signature tax cutting proposal. She said it even has a name. She's all in Mm -hmm. on this. I mean, her whole thing now is this axe, the income tax. And let's... uh, Let's play the ad first, shall we, Casey? And sure. then we'll do a little a little deep dive okay. on the old silent Suzanne's big proposal. Under Bidenomics, Hoosiers are hurting. Suzanne Crouch has the solution. Combine Indiana's massive budget surplus with less government and more efficient operations to end Indiana's income tax. I even have a name for it. Axe the tax. Suzanne Crouch will save Hoosiers thousands. I can guarantee you that the radical left will scream bloody murder. But that money's not theirs. It's yours. And as governor, I'll make sure you get it. Okay. So, uh, full disclosure, uh, you know, once upon a time, I worked for Suzanne Crouch. Mm -hmm. And I think we've said that many times. I didn't, like, go in working for Suzanne Crouch. Casey, did you know... I had the uh, pleasure of working for three auditors in about nine months, and I think we've told some of that story about how Mike Pence appointed a guy to be state auditor who he didn't vet and had no business being state auditor, and then Pence, once he found out he was lazy and didn't do his homework, then strong-armed the guy into resigning, and then after he strong-armed the guy into resigning, lied to the state about why he resigned and claimed he had no idea. I think we told him that before. Mm -hmm. So his replacement was Suzanne Crouch, and I've always found Suzanne to be a very, very nice person. And people might say, well, you're really you're really critical of her. Yes, because she's a public official. And there is no way that any intellectually honest person believes that someone, in this case, the someone being Suzanne Crouch, who was 100% subservient and silent and a cheerleader for Eric Holcomb, who has enacted the largest government in state history, the largest tax increases in state history and the largest growth of the role and scope of government in state history is now suddenly going to be mm-hmm. some anti-government crusader who is going to be slashing programs like they're going out of style. No reasonable person would believe it. Look, if she had been an adversary, you know, an adversary the whole time and she had been objecting or she had been encouraging her colleagues to vote against these things. OK, now we got a ball game, but she hasn't done any of that. I like how she starts it off by saying Bidenomics is draining the hopes and savings of Hoosier families. She's blaming the Biden administration. And yes, rightfully so, because it's because of that administration, we have a lot of the high inflation. But it's part of her administration for growing government in the state of Indiana. And that's why she has that nickname. Silent Suzanne. She did nothing while it was happening. So Capital Chronicle had a corresponding article with this, and they claim she's proposing capping spending growth to a 2% inflation-adjusted rate. Mm -hmm. 
there's no way she's going to pull that off. And nobody who, again, who is remotely informed or intellectually honest believes she's going to do that because she is trying to become the head of a party that is addicted. Rod and Todd, the Flanders boys who run the Indiana General Assembly are and, and those Repub- rank and file Republicans are addicted to big government now. You are going to need somebody to come in with a sledgehammer to fix the modern Republican Party. She's she's not that person. And 70%, look, you, you want to talk about hard conversations. We talk about hard conversations on a federal level, like the entitlements, Medicaid and, and, and uh, Social Security. And nobody wants to talk about that. 70% of the state budget now is Medicaid and public education. There's no way you're going to be able to do this proposal unless you make major changes to Medicaid and public education policy in the state of Indiana. She says that she wants to modernize the tax code and restrict the growth and cost of state government. Wasn't she part of the growing of the state government? <laughs> Thank you. And now she's going to do a 180 and say, it ain't me, babe. No, I, no, I, it ain't me. I love that you got some Dylan in there. That's phenomenal. Very yeah. well done on a Monday. Yeah. Right out of the, just right out of the gate. Yeah. You know how that warms my I heart. I know, I know. I do it for you. I, yeah, I mean, so again, I don't even need to do a nickname with this one. Mm-hmm. It's just the, 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 the whole thing is disingenuous. Because nobody who knows Suzanne Crouch, I mean, she is a political insider. She has spent most of her adult life now moving up the political ladder. She always paints herself as, oh, I I unwillingly went into politics. Yeah, okay, when you're a county auditor, maybe. Like, hey, it's like being the, the town treasurer. But she got a taste of, of it. Of course, right? Like, you've literally done all the things that a career politician would do. You went from an auditor to a state rep to a state auditor to lieutenant governor. Now you want to be governor. And the... the, the it's fine. That's there's countries riddled with these sorts of people. But people who elevate up the ladder like that are not the reformers. They're not the change agents. They're not people with big ideas. Not, not the be- disruptors. No, of course not. And that's what the Indiana Republican Party is going to have to have in the next uh, governor if you're going to actually fix the issues and. She's just full of it. She says the strategy could yield nearly $2,000 per Hoosier family on average. I mean, that would be fantastic, but she's going to come across some well-funded candidates in a very big competition. And and, and again, what's going to happen is if you pick her, and I'm telling you because I know these people like the back of my hand, you're going to pick her because Pence did the same thing. Pence ran on this big income tax. Pence was doing this. What was that? 11 years ago, Casey, Pence mm-hmm. was running on the same thing. I know, Casey, I went and testified on behalf of the bill to get rid of the income tax. I remember, I was at the state house, And you know what happened? The state legislature looked at Mike Pence and said, ha ha, we're not doing that. And you know what Mike Pence said? He said, oh, okay, sorry for having any ideas. And that totally went away, and it was never seen or heard from again. And look at where we're at 11 years later, we still have... The income tax. Wait, you testified against that? When no, was... I testified for it. Okay. When uh, when was that? It would have been 2012 when they still liked me before I had to go work under the guy <laughs> and realize what a complete <laughs> piece of garbage he was. <laughs> Testify harder next time. Yeah, that's that's why when it's like, Rob Kendall's just disgruntled. Nah, I just don't like you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're going to hear from more, more from uh, Donald Trump coming up with Kendall and Casey. 93 WIBC.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.